yeah, yeah. Yeah, boy. Here we go. TNMP, the Nerdy Misfit Podcast. With your host, with your host, with your host. Connor O'Neill and Matthew Hughes. What is up, people? And Matthew. And me. Hi, it's me. The other guy. Welcome to the Nerdy Misfit Podcast, a uh, podcast talking about nerdy things. With a bunch of misfits. Ah, we the misfits. We the misfits. You the misfits. We all part of the misfit island. Uh, how's it going today, Connor? It's going. It's going. It's a humid day. <laughs> actually, yeah. to be fair, actually, most, most of the days have been very humid. Yes. Today's especially, though. Have you noticed it seems we're getting humid, hot weather, transitioning into a thunderstorm for maybe half an hour. If that. And then back to humid weather. And What's, then we'll get another thunderstorm in a exactly. couple of, in like a good three, well, it's four like, hours. What? Yesterday there was a giant heat warning all day, and there was like a mini tornado warning, and it was like all this. Actually, stuff. Troy, who we've had on the podcast, oh. ha, uh, actually had a tornado touchdown twenty minutes away from his house. Apparently, dang. So that's exciting. It's not terrifying. Yeah, is it yeah. exciting? It's exciting in a different way. Yeah. If I wasn't Troy, in the way in exciting. which you're scared. Exactly. So I guess terrifying could be an appropriate response. Exactly. Uh, yeah, some pretty awful weather. I'm not a big fan of the humidity, personally. No. I don't like the idea of going out and having your skin be that sticky, sweaty feeling without... Yeah, I was wearing a black shirt yourself. and a black sweater today while I was outside. Oh. And I just have regrets. Yeah, yeah, I bet. That's why when I left, I changed. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> From freaking jeans and now I'm in shorts and a nice t-shirt. Um, not that it makes much of a difference, really. No, it really doesn't. The, the clothes are sticking to me regardless of... <laughs> anyways... But um, yeah, we're uh, we got a lot of things. Well, based on last uh, podcast that would have been up, would have been our review of potentially a show, potentially, which has a lot of people up in arms. But we'll be talking about that in yeah. that episode. So Hopefully. we we'll avoid that and we'll Stay talk tuned. about a different TV show. Exactly, which you've done two videos on now on our YouTube channel. If you haven't yet subscribed, ring that subscribe. notification bell. Got to go above uh, the number, but the number we got right now is pretty good too. Yeah, we're at a good number. 69. Nice. Anyways, um, yeah, so I've done uh, two YouTube videos. There was, I guess the first one was a teaser. Would it be a teaser technically? How would you classify that first one? Um, uh, Yeah, it was a teaser trailer. It was the first reveal of the live action that was yeah. at that one event that Netflix had. Yeah, the official Brazil teaser. Brazil or somewhere? I can't yeah. remember where it was. And then, uh, then they actually, I'm assuming because it can't, San Diego Comic-Con. Yes, that was um, the official full trailer. Live action One Piece trailer. Which did have, I would say, kind of spoilers for people that have not seen One Piece. Yeah, definitely. But also gave people who are watching, reading One Piece, an idea of how much they're covering. And definitely... More than I expected. You also get an idea of where some changes have already been made. For sure. So I thought we could take the first little bit of the podcast to talk about more of a deeper dive into it now that we've both had time to see it, maybe watch the trailer more than once, because if you don't know, those are Matt's first time reactions to the yep. trailers. So maybe doesn't notice everything or, you know, you can't cover everything. In, no, exactly. So we thought we'd take a little bit of a deeper dive. Now, in terms of anime live actions... What, what would you say your experience is with them? With anime live actions, not much. Um, I When I watch the American, uh, Western Death Note. Okay, um, Western Death Note. That's a big one. That's a Netflix original. Um, that was bad. Did not finish it. I know Ryuk looked great. Willem Dafoe as the voice of Ryuk. I thought was pretty good. 
good that was casting. probably the only good part i agree Luke. that was it i'm and that's my only good thing about it i never finished it because i did not like the way they wrote light yeah he was no longer light he was and i pardon my french a little bitch way too early on like the fact that he got scared where you can like i think it's like he hid right under the desk at the classroom i was like you didn't like that i didn't, I like, didn't that. like the idea that um what is her name misa i can't even remember i think it's misa yeah something like that but she was basically light yeah so if they were going to do that honestly i would have just preferred that she just get the death note just switch o- it. obviously she already has a death note but just yeah. switch them entirely have her death note be Ryuk's and go have her exactly. lead the story because they made her out to be the genius conniving manipulative person which mm-hmm. we all know is light in in the manga there's definitely there's no confusing it no gosh no and yeah it's a, it wasn't great uh you've also seen tokyo ghoul the first movie yeah which i i mean that was that was different because that was a japanese adaptation correct which i feel like is a very big difference because as yeah they're usually worse they're usually worse <laughs> on like a cringy in, ass in, yeah and cgi effect. and yeah because japanese does a lot of them there's attack on oh, titan there's, there's attack on titan which are all awful the film Alchemist one uh, which was also there's a zom 100 one coming there's out Bleach. yeah they have all of the adaptations um if there's any popularity it has a live action yeah. but to be fair the tokyo ghoul one was not terrible it might be one of the better ones i've yeah. seen because we for those who don't know me connor and i watched it in the theaters um but i thought it, the cgi was actually relatively clean it evolved the funny. story pretty accurately yeah i found that ironic that the cgi was clean in comparison to the manga where it's so confusing from time to time of who's tentacle yeah that's what you but want yeah that is what you want from a different Adaptation. form of uh media for, for like and we've talked. I think we talked about this in terms of manga to anime, which is that's your, your expectation should be not. I know a lot of people are very particular about how they want Correct. if they're a big fan of a series how they want it to be represented when it comes mm. to a live action or an anime, whatever, whatever the change ends up yeah. being. But you can't have panel per pa- panel for panel because no. that's not how the story. A real story flows. You know how to get panel per panel? You want panel per panel? Watch uh, Record of Ragnarok. That thing's a slideshow. You or read pan- the manga. Or read the manga. And just stay on the manga. <laughs> because what I expect when I see an anime or a live action is that they're expanding upon the panels. Correct. Because we don't see an entire fight in panels. We no. see clips. Clips of the fight in panels. Yeah. So I want to see a well thought out, well choreographed fight. Correct. That's what I want to see. So. For me, going into Tokyo Ghoul, for example, is I'm expecting, yes, sometimes, especially in Tokyo Ghoul Re, the manga, things get a little confusing. Characters start looking a lot alike. Cognates are going crazy, and you're like, I have no idea whose cognate is fighting and what's going on with them. So the expectation is that they're going to do that in the anime or potentially live action, and it's going to be a lot more clear and helps gives you something you couldn't get from the manga, I guess is what I'm trying to say, which... Sometimes people do really well when you look at something like Demon Slayer. They understand, basically, they just understand the assignment. Yep. That's the, why Demon Slayer is so popular, too. Well, yeah, if Ufotable didn't kill the animation, it would not be as big, nearly as big as gotcha. it, it, it is now. 100%. But they just have really well thought out, well choreographed fights that people really love. It's animated beautifully. Definitely. And it just makes it better. Yeah. Honestly, I, we've both read the Demon Slayer manga at this point. 
And I would say, yeah, I have the anime. It's better than the manga. It's one of those cases where it's 100%. a very rare, but I agree. Even with the arc that just finished last season, that arc is probably one of my least favorite arcs that in I read manga? in the manga. Because it's just kind of, it kind of happens. At least it's, it's very a quick slow, arc. but it is a quick arc for sure. When you're reading, you just fly through it. Yeah, it's does not but feel long. The fight scenes are still good. Yeah, no, for sure. But I think definitely that helps the anime. That helps the story is the so, fighting. Yeah. So to go on your point, the the live action of Tokyo Ghoul did a really good job with the Cognes yeah. and you understood what was happening. It followed the story, but also expanded upon parts that, n- not in a way that changes, mm-hmm. but you know, like I said, it adds something new to the panels that you exactly. can't just get from reading a manga. And that also goes hand in hand outside of just manga adaptations, even like book adaptations. There's some good book adaptation. There's some not so good book adaptation. That, that's fair. And books are the same. You can only just... Yeah. Some books might be a little bit more descriptive of fights. Yeah, but, but still. at the same time, you still need to portray it on mm. screen in a different way for an audience to experience that. The thing that I'm kind of excited when it comes to the One Piece thing, and this kind of goes back to uh, another show, that not the Netflix that Hulu did, but it's a show called Looking for Alaska. It's okay. based on a John Green novel. So they did a really good adaptation of it. And when they wanted to add extra things for certain characters or whatever, they worked with John Green. And it was like, is there anything you wanted to add to the story that you took out? And he was like, yeah, this, this, and this. So then they added it into the show. So it's like... Yeah, it's kind of like has his approval. Yeah, exactly. Which Which, knowing that Oda is working... Yeah, picking back on that. Oda, from what I understand from sources and reading, is that Oda has been heavily involved with the series. The story, for sure. A lot of stuff had to be approved. Now... I'm not going to say take my word here. Definitely do your own research. Always do your own research. Definitely. Things. But from some of the stuff I've been seeing, it sounds like a lot of stuff had to be okayed by him for in sure. order to be in the show. It's his baby. I'm not saying he okayed all the CG, but I'm assuming no. he had a big part in casting. He had a big part in the anime casting for yeah. voice dub for English and Japanese. Mm-hmm. So he... He definitely loves One Piece. Shocker. Guy wrote, has written over a thousand chapters of this series. It's has whatever. Has a thousand anime episodes. <laughs> who's also heavily involved in a lot of the anime stuff too. Yeah. And movies, etc. Um, He sounds like he had to approve a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. which gives you a little bit more confidence. I saw a really bad take. Someone saw Shanks and like, this isn't Shanks. Uh, Shanks should be this. Okay, that's fair if that's how you feel Shanks should that's look. That's the thing. But if it's true that Oda was there and heavily involved with a lot of the casting, that's Shanks. Yeah, that's like, the thing. Is like, I respect that aspect because if Oda had that much help with it... Or and like, I see a lot of people very confused as to who Shanks was because a lot of people are saying it's not Shanks because they're thinking post-time skip Yonko Shanks. Oh, yeah. That, that's Shanks. People don't seem to understand Shanks was not a Yonko when he first met Luffy. No. He was not a Yonko yet. No, gosh, no. He, and I think... I don't. Sorry, I don't know any of the actors' names, but whoever they casted as uh, Shanks, he really gave off that friendly look and kind of. When you think of the first scene in one of the first scenes in One Piece, where Shanks gets alcohol dumped on him by the mountain yeah. bandits, he's just he, having a fun time. He's having a fun time, but he lo- doesn't look menacing. No, exactly. A bunch of mountain bandits don't feel scared by doing Shanks. that to Shanks. Exactly. And I think that, that that's perfect. That's a perfect. That's look. exactly what it should be. Right? Shanks is not a People, scary character. At, I mean, he's not a scary character, but he's not an intimidating character at the beginning on of One a, yeah, Piece. Yeah, and a niche, so a mountain bandit would. And exactly. obviously for Shanks and his crew, they know that they're not scared of those mountain bandits. Exactly. So I think if you think early One Piece, the Shanks casting makes sense. Does he potentially need to get 
a little bit more jacked and menacing if for the show continues on till past the time skip? Probably. Definitely. Yes, because when you see Shanks in the war arc, yeah. he looks a lot different. <laughs> just a little bit. A lot different. Not just because he's missing an arm. <laughs> but yeah, that was just one really bad take I saw where the other thing is we haven't seen them talk. We don't even know how that Shanks is Acts. acting is. Exactly. We just see him. He could be great. Exactly. He could be bad. I'm not saying he, he can't be bad. He definitely could be bad. But, you know, we have to see some episodes, which leads me into the question of, based on your initial watch-throughs of the trailers, what? how are you feeling? How How is the... How's the hype scale? How? What are you expecting? What do you want out of this show? See, the thing is, is that because knowing Oda is so much work, and I think One Piece or Netflix also doesn't want to mess it up either. Like they took their time with this because I think it got pushed back once. Yeah, and I do think you don't take on uh, One Piece without being. We want to do more than one season. Exactly. So I think I I don't want to get my expectations up too much. I know people don't necessarily like some of the character designs. But honestly, I'm pretty content. Like, from what I've seen from the acting, I see that there's chemistry between Zoro and Sanji. Roger looked really good. Love the mustache. And the grin at the end. Exactly. Like, it that, felt... like, maniacal, exactly. I don't care that I'm dying, I'm screwing you exactly. over, world government grin was great. Even, like, I know people were, like, again, I don't know, the I brief chemistry... I saw some hate because of the, his beard, but I didn't think it was too bad. That's... Sanji's eyebrows, that's too much. Yeah. Mihawk's beard, I don't think you're going too far. I think that's still okay. It helps him, definitely helps him stand out. Sword did look a little. Could have been just the angle, though. Could be the angle, but also it is a very ridiculous. Yeah. It's, this is something we've talked about where the One Piece live action, like One Piece is a ridiculous series. Yeah, that's why the way like Arlong looks, I'm like, okay. I think Arlong probably could have looked better, but he also could have looked a lot better. Yeah, worse. I think my thing is maybe Arlong could have been a little bit more buff, like a little bit more built. Yeah, I just think he could have but, looked a lot worse. So I don't know if that's just having low expectations mm -hmm. of the show in general. Mm -hmm. But he he looks acceptable. Yeah, no, definitely. He looks acceptable. I think that's the best way to put it. But yeah, I mean, I yeah, I would say the trailer did get me a little excited. Where I'm actually, you know, part of me is like, oh, yeah, I'm going yeah, like, to watch it. I'm going to watch it, you know? But, Even like this but also CGI. part of me feels like I'm going to watch episode one and be like, oh. Can't believe I've just watched that kind of thing. Like, I don't I'm going to watch it, but yeah. now I'm like, uh. Skeptical. I think the, the CGI for him stretching looks fine. Looks fine. I saw a lot of people talking about how a lot of the CGI scenes are in the dark because it's a lot easier to cover up kind of errors or cleanliness of CG. Like it helps hide it, which is fair, but there are scenes in the light. Yeah, like, oh, I get it, obviously, with the buggy scene, right? Buggy scene, I think uh, Luffy's uh, Gatling's also in the dark. Yeah. Stuff like um, the first time we saw him do the jet, uh, not jet, yeah. just regular pistol was also yeah. in the dark. So that's fair. Some of Sanji's kicks looked a little bit on the f faker yeah, side. But again, it's it's, it's dramatic, but, right? Yeah, like it's, it's supposed to be. I think the chemistry between the cast seemed fine. The cast, I, I, I really enjoyed the Straw Hat casting overall. I think all of them seem pretty solid yeah like even you can already feel the chemistry or lack thereof in a way between zaro and sanji like it's their combatantness yeah i like even Speaking like of nami which, being nami like it's so pretty good in terms of set the baratier is not a ship in the middle of the ocean it is no. a docked thing yeah which i'm sure just 
makes it easier for filming and whatnot. I'm, for sure. And I think have, it just you have to understand story certain, for now. This is one of those cases where it's just oh, the metrics are hard. Yeah. To do in an actual live action. The way I also look at it is like, okay, it's docked instead of being in the middle. Does that really take away from the story a good amount? Well, it seems like the fishmen are on the Barathe, Yeah, I do right? see this that. This is yeah. where we uh, there's a bit of a divergent from the which I I only have one issue with, but we haven't seen the show, so I don't know if it's even going to be an issue. Which is, it seems like they're getting rid of Don Krieg. Yeah. Right. In replacing Don, not necessarily replacing one to one, but having that Fishman arc be the big fight the, yeah. that it ends off with this season. And we'll see. Like again, we'll see. We maybe Don Krieg is in it. And the only issue I have with that is I don't really like Don Krieg and his. The mm-hmm. only thing that that helps build in the manga and anime is Don Krieg is bragged about as having this massive crew, this fleet, yeah, this massive fleet, and he's gone to the Grand Line, which is where they're supposed to be journeying, and that's what we're hyping up, the yeah. Grand Line, and he gets wrecked, his entire fleet, by one guy. With not even, like, a real boat. No, exactly. Like, a real ship, let's mm-hmm. be honest. It's like a dinghy. And I mean, it's by Mihawk. And that shows this that's supposed to show us the strength of some of the people in the Grand Line. Mm-hmm. So that potentially, I'm not gonna say is because we don't know. Yeah, exactly. But that could be missing. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we've seen all the characters that we're gonna see, obviously, because again, they're covering a lot in the first season here. That's the other thing. How many chapters in total are we covering? Yeah. I don't know. From this shot here, the Mihawk sword doesn't look terrible. Like it looks obviously a little dramatic, but like Yeah, that no, that's fair. I think the good old Jolly Roger. I found that. I feel like that's more. Of, I mean, I know that's that a was scene, a good, but it's a good. It's not an Easter egg, but it is. You know, it's yeah. nice to see that's straight out of the manga, straight out of the anime. Luffy drawing his version of his uh, Jolly, Jolly Roger, Roger poorly, and then it gets fixed. But Arlong Park is up to chapter ninety-five. Do we know how many episodes this is going to be? I would assume they probably released it. I haven't. 12, 20. I haven't checked. I'm assuming 10 is my guess because when you think of HBO shows or some of the bigger Netflix shows, it's usually on that 10 for one hour each ballpark. Yeah. Let's see here. But 95 roughly chapters, Mm -hmm. you can say, because I'm assuming we saw the finishing, potential finishing move from Luffy, right? Mm -hmm. So. But I also, I've never seen a live action of One Piece. I have no idea how much you can cover in a still feel satif- satisfying way in yeah, exactly. per episode. And they're all hour long, right? Um, I don't know if the runtime is, is on them, but there's eight episodes. Probably roughly 50 to I'm an hour. I'm assuming, yeah. Yeah, I have no idea what, if, if it still feels like the story is paced well, it might feel fine. Yeah. And yeah, there's obviously CGI, and some of the CGI looks cleaner than other parts of this. But that's just television. Exactly. In general. And I still am on the fence of, I think, One Piece. It's not truly a great live action show. Just, it is a very wacky show. And we've had, they they have obviously done a decent job with some of the changes they've made Usopp and his nose for example yeah. is a massive change from the source material but that's because you have to mm-hmm. how do you not it just doesn't like because I don't want to say it would take away but it would take away 
yeah. I, uh, it's just, it's tough. It's tough. Obviously, we haven't seen the show yet. Yeah. So uh, it comes out the end of, end of August. August. So we'll definitely be talking about it when the show's oh, done. Definitely. I'm sure we'll talk about it the first week. And then I'm sure we'll talk about the complete show and our overall thoughts. I'm just, I'm not going in hoping to like it. No. I feel like I should, I should mention that. I'm not going in being like, I want this to be good or. I'm just going in to hopefully be entertained and I see a different of, take on One Piece. Based on the episode names, I can kind of see, like, from a standpoint of what the episodes are going to be about. Like, yeah. first episode's obviously Romance Dawn. Surprise, surprise. Second episode is The Man in the Straw Hat. Okay. Okay. Third episode, Tell No Tales. Yep. Okay. Fourth episode, The Pirates Are Coming. Oh. oh I wonder who's going to be introduced that episode. Uh, and then episode five, Eat at Brarty. And then episode six, The Chef and the Chore Boy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and episode seven the girl with the sawfish tattoo nami nami and then episode eight is worst in the east yeah which is our long yeah so yeah seems like that's just the big finale yeah kind of but yeah i'm not going in hoping it's the best thing ever or to be wowed but i'm going in hoping it doesn't completely suck no and i don't think it will completely suck i think There'll be moments from like hardcore fans being like, this is not how it should I'm be. I'm also just not going to be nitpicky as some. Exactly. A lot of the uh, community seems to be just be nitpicking every little thing. Like I mentioned, the Shanks casting. We haven't even seen the guy talk. Yeah. Haven't heard him talk or do anything. He's just, It's basically a still image of the dude. And we're like, nope, can't be that. Nope. He's not my Shanks. Okay. Yeah, you're well, like, well, it's not technically the, none of the Shanks well. are your Shanks. They're all Oda Shanks. Exactly. Sorry to break it to you, kid. Like, you don't own Shanks. Or any of the characters, for that matter. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I'm i uh, optimistic. I think optimistic is a good word. I think it'll be better than Death Note. I mean, that's not really a high bar, but yeah. I no. think it will be as well. It's not a high bar, but... No. The West hasn't given us a reason to think that we should have mm-hmm. a high bar. <laughs> so I agree. <laughs> um... Moving on slightly from the One Piece show, uh, we wanted to give a little bit of update too. Is a bunch of episodes ago we talked a little bit about the One Piece trading card game. Yeah, that's true. We've and been playing it a lot more the past few weeks. Exactly, and the more the more we play it, the more getting more used to the rules, exactly. more used to the just the style of play. And how yeah. how are you feeling about the, the? I think it's pretty good. I think it's fun because now you and I are also seeing how the because we've only played with structure decks. Which, if you are guys are interested in getting into the One Piece trading card game, I'd recommend just sticking with the structure decks. They're fun. They're fun. And they're che- comparative to the packs. Individual packs, super cheap. It should not be yeah, two one pa- structure two, decks. For us, it's basically two packs are the equivalent of, of buying one structure just deck, insane. which is insane. just not reasonable um, at all. So I think it's fun, too, because if you like certain characters, then there's a structure deck If you deck want some start. better decks, I would recommend there's a Big Bomb deck that came out. Yep. I think that's a deck seven. Yeah, deck seven. And then uh, the Eustace Kid deck, which is the worst generation, I believe. Those those decks are pretty solid, work well off each other, and have yeah. multiple mechanics across the game where some of, some of the decks feel like they're only really doing like one thing. Yeah. So at least the decks are covering a little bit. So they're one better, but they also help you learn more of the game. 100%. I think. It's also interesting too, because of the different stylistic ways each character plays, like your leader and your other ones, like every deck that we've played kind of feels unique where some decks yeah, are like a lot of them are focused yeah. on a different you don't style. need a lot of don don cards to start certain decks well like the kaido yeah, one some are like earlier decks some are lot. later some are focused on uh straight up dawn removal yep like the kaido deck um and then there's some that are focused on life 
similar, like the Big Mom deck. Yeah. So it is cool way to learn mechanics, cheaper way to learn mechanics, yep. and just buy and play basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, on top of that, the art is pretty cool. There, there's some art I'm not a big fan of, which is usually usually the anime art for yeah. some of the cards is not the best. I love the pan the one the art that's taken straight from panels in manga, and it's colored, and you can still see the bubble for the text. Yeah, those are some of my favorite. The wanted poster ones are one of my favorites. Wanted poster, which is a rarity from... Yeah. You're not going to get them in the structure deck, at least not yet. No. Maybe they'll add one date later down the line. But as of right now, you're not going to get those yeah. from the structure deck. But that's also a cool look for... And works so well for a card because a card basically is a wanted exactly. poster, just a small version of it. Exactly. Has a window. Per- it's it's perfect. But where, where do you rank it in some of the TCGs? So for the people that maybe don't know, what type of TCGs have you played? Do you like? So I've played a lot of like deck building games, which are obviously aside from TCGs, but in mm-hmm. a way it's kind of you build your deck and you kind of fly mm-hmm. your deck out kind of thing. Um, otherwise, I've only really played Pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh. I've tried Magic a couple times. Um, other ones I have played in the past was uh, about six years ago. They did a Skylanders TCG for a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Um, played that for a bit. That was pretty fun. Um, they got the new Disney one coming out soon. Um, I'm hoping to try out the My Hero Academia one eventually, just to see peak. what it's like. Exactly. Um, but honestly, I think in understanding, probably put it under Pokemon. Pokemon, I feel like, relatively is easy to understand. Um, Yu-Gi-Oh will always be the most confusing thing. Yeah, the TCGs. as someone who is an enjoyer of it, I would... Second that. Say that I agreed. Yu-Gi-Oh is a very, very, very difficult to get into if you haven't. You kind of have to like up. go. Yeah, if you're not keeping up, you kind of want to go through the generations to understand it. In my opinion, because I don't know the whole new thing that's happening. Yeah, what's the there's Link a Switch monsters. game, right? Uh, Legacy of the Legacy Duelist. of the Duelist, Probably which helped me of, understand. Yeah, almost a good way of learning. Yeah, okay. There's not maybe not a ban list or anything that no. will help you in that terms of competitive Yu-Gi-Oh, but you can play. Like Gen One, you you yeah. and work your way you up play it through, through the, the story of the anime. Yeah, and you work your way up through the complications yeah. of Yu Gi Oh. You regular know, you get the synchros, you get the XZs, you get to links. Yeah, uh, or the uh, pendulum, Pe- pendulum summoning. Exactly. So you can work your way through and learn slowly. Exactly. That's probably a good way yeah. of explaining it. But I think yeah, the One Piece is up there for me. I mean, I'd put it alongside Pokemon. Like Pokemon's obviously the one I've been playing with the, the longest. Fair. Um, but again, it's one of those things, and it kind of goes with hand in hand with a lot of TCGs, is that it may seem stressful at start because it's a brand new rule system. But as long as you kind of, once you get the hang of it, and then you're good to go and you usually enjoy it. It feels like if you know some of the, I'm going to call them the big three. Magic, Yu-Gi-Oh, Magic, Pokemon. Pokemon. Yeah. I feel like those have the most pe- players. If you know how to play Pokemon slash Magic, which also are have a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm. I feel like most card games are easier to pick up. Yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh! is just its own beast, which is yeah. what makes it one of the hardest to learn. Because it doesn't have energy. But it's also what makes it the most annoying if you're a Yu-Gi-Oh! player. Yeah. And you're like, hey, I'm going to try this. new," And you're like, what do you mean I can't do all of this stuff in one turn? Yeah. Which is, Yu-Gi-Oh! is very fast-paced and very weirdly balanced because it kind of isn't. Yep. In its own crazy way. Where One Piece, for me, I think One Piece might be my favorite, more balanced card game. Yeah, I know we were talking about that actually a little and bit. And one of the reasons is in Magic and Pokemon, 
uh, I say this based on those are two that I have played. I've played Yu-Gi-Oh! I've played Hearthstone. I've played uh, Legends of Runeterra. Oh, I guess I've played some of those as well. Which I feel like the one thing I dislike about Pokemon and Magic, which there are way cards that help you get around this as well when you when you consider building decks, mm. which is your folk, you need to draw those cards that give you the ability to do, you think of like the energy and stuff. Hey, I need that. I need, I need my Pokemon to attack, but I need yeah. two lightning energy. And if you don't get the, like the electricity, you know, electric yeah, type the energy. energies, then yeah, I do like the more one piece feels like they took those TCGs that are only online, like Runeterra, like Hearthstone, Hearthstone. and made it a, tabletop version of the game yeah because you're building mana you can't over commit on a turn you're 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 folk you're stuck you're you're waiting for for the mana system to work your way yeah in. exactly so i that's one thing i personally really like about it is yeah it's definitely slower there's no getting around that it's a much slower game but in a way it feels really nice and balanced with you and your opponent, you both can't attack on your first turn. You're Then you start building your mana and you're going. And yeah. there are decks, obviously, that are more focused on trying to hit early. And there are decks that are want to reach the 10-dome phase and really start dropping massive, massive hits, massive crazy uh, characters. But overall, the balance, it does take longer, but I like the way the game flows, I guess. I agree. And it's cool. A lot of them, the newer decks especially... The themes of the character cards are actually very similar to the themes that they actually are. For example, Big Mom's Big deck Mom. is focused on either taking life to give yourself or taking life away from something, which is kind of very similar to her Delifer, where she can give life to something or take life. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what her deck, at least the Big Mom cards we've seen, yeah, exactly. are focused on, which is it's... If you're a One Piece fan, it's kind of nice to see that, you know, Carter Curry, a lot of his cards are, I can foresee stuff. I can foresee yeah. what's in a life card and stuff. They've definitely done that where the game is inspired, like the stylistic choices are definitely based on the characters to a good amount. Yeah, I 100% agree. So for me, I'm always going to love Yu-Gi-Oh! because that's like nostalgia and I've played it for sure. at actual card shops and locals and whatnot. But I do really, really enjoy the One Piece, and I highly recommend it if you want a fun, especially since Yu-Gi-Oh! for the most part, it's starting to get better, but it's always been Yu-Gi-Oh! structure decks are just awful. Yes. Where One Piece structure decks are not. They're they can go usable. on their own. They're yeah. usable decks. So that's kind of my take on the One Piece TCG. I definitely think if you want to try to get into one, you can buy two structure decks and have someone come and exactly. just learn and play, and it's a pretty fun time. As of right now, I believe there's seven decks out. Uh, beginning of august or so mid-august we're going to be getting two more decks a luffy based deck and a yamato based deck so we'll have to we'll give you a brief review of those later on when they eventually come out because i think we'll just end up grabbing them for sure um yeah. but yeah let's uh let's move on from the the one piece uh tcg i guess this is a one piece episode yeah this at what, this point it's been it's hijacked yeah it's been hijacked it's another this is our second time i think we've had an episode just go off not, not off the rails but like we were like, yeah, we'll do this, this, and this, and this, and this episode, and then it just doesn't happen. Okay, so let, let me just ask this then. Since we've talked about it, this, and it's in the realm of kind of what we talked about, maybe 
we'll have this as a little teaser for a future episode. Mm-hmm. As someone who reads a lot more books than me, yep. what is your favorite adaptation? Just let's just do it as a teaser. Say say your favorite, maybe a quick little blurb about why. Oh my gosh. And then your least favorite and why. Oh, I could tell you my least favorite easily. That's Percy Jackson. <laughs> Worst adaptation, okay? The reason being is because like you look at you look at the Hunger Games, you look at Harry Potter. Yeah, you look at the, for sure. Right? You're like, oh, cool. You know, let's take Harry Potter for example, okay? Seven books, they make eight movies. You know, they split the last book into two movies, okay? Hunger Games, three books. Four movies, they split the last book. Now. Maze Runner trilogy, three movies, three three books, three movies. Percy Jackson, sense. five books in the series. Let's make it into a trilogy. Ah, uh, yes. Let's squeeze everything in instead of the one time you're like, no, be greedy. Yeah, be greedy. I don't care. Make an extra movie. No, five books. We're going to move into a trilogy. We're going to base the first movie off of a single chapter that happens essentially in the first book. Because those who don't know the movie and have read the book or vice versa, the movie revolves around the fact that Percy, Grover, and Annabeth go find these little pearls so they can get home from the underworld when they go to the underworld. There is a single chapter in the first book where he something happens and he goes in the water and a water spirit gives him those. And that is it. Weird. The movie is based on a lie. <laughs> but anyways, that's definitely the worst one. Because that just, that irks me a lot. The first movie was an okay, it was okay overall, minus the fact that that's a huge plot point, and they fight a Hydra, which does not happen. Um, and then the second one is just aggressively bad. Just bad. Okay, okay. Um, but anyways, yeah, I can go rant for along on that, but we're not going to, we're going to let that go. Uh, a future episode. future episode of just Matt ranting about Percy Jackson forever. Um, best adaptation. There's one that comes to mind. Like a couple, like looking for Alaska, great adaptation. I love that they talk to the author, kind of what I mentioned earlier about bringing extra things in. Really good adaptation on that aspect for a show. Original Lord of the Rings trilogy. Lord of the Rings trilogy is really good. Another big one, which a lot of people probably don't realize that's a good adaptation is The Lion, the Witch, the Wardrobe. Yeah, that's fair. That is overall a pretty good adaptation. Enough that a lot of the dialogue was taken from the book directly. Like the whole... I think it's like chapter four in the book maybe or it's in the movie near the beginning where lucy sees mr tumnus for like, the first time like levels of you can't screw this up if you just follow this exactly because line the witch robe is a pretty standard story yeah like but yeah the dialogue between mr tumnus and lucy the first time when they meet and like the snow or whatever that is line per line from the actual pages okay fair. and i'm like that right there is how you do a good book adaptation you got the dialogue in the book just use it yeah that's fair because for some dang reason a lot of people don't do that and i just don't understand like the occasional line which is usually easter eggs or something producers or higher ups in the up in the chain they know better they know better yeah they're like here's a script it's directly from this source material and they're like nah we're gonna rewrite all of this but what if (laughs) but what if hear me out what if a single chapter is the whole movie what if we just didn't do that and we had a hydra genius idea <laughs> genius um but yeah so one of the better adaptations line the witch robe the original lord of the rings trilogy um looking for alaska overall pretty another good one actually lemony snicket series unfortunate events the netflix show the netflix show not the original not the that suffers from the same thing that's the same thing yeah three books Percy in Jackson one movie shoving too much in one movie aggressive to Though, be fair not the biggest books no so 
I could see more than one book. Yeah, but three might have pushed up. I mean, Jim Carrey, Count Olaf, Chef's Kiss, loved every moment of it. But yeah, the Series of Unfortunate Events TV show, I think they did it justice in the sense that they gave each book two episodes. Yeah, that's And each fair. episode, I think, was between 40, 46 to like 54, I think. And I think that was good. They added, obviously, a little bit of extra lore to fill in because, obviously, the first few books are kind of smaller. But it still worked. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that was a really well-done TV show. One, a bad adaptation that comes to my mind for books that I did read and was hoping would be good is the Aragon series. Yeah, oh, yeah. Forgot about that. Which, fun fact about that, I found out that there's a new book coming out in that series, fun fact. It comes out later this year. It takes everything. Place, everything's uh, coming back, man. Everything's coming back. comes out uh, later this year. It takes place one year after the end of the series. But anyways, continue. But yeah, that's definitely one that highlights yeah. for, for when I was growing up. And like I wasn't a huge reader, but every now and then I would read a book. And then if I heard that there was a movie or something coming out, I was excited. And then yeah. that was one of the ones where I was like, what did I just watch? I always think about... Uh, this too is uh there's a four pack of dvds like it's a four pack dvd you see it at walmart sometimes or like wherever you get your dvds from and it's a four pack and i like to call it the worst of the worst and it's literally aragon the first percy jackson movie city of ember oh and i think the fourth one is the seeker which i don't know if you know that so book who's series buying these but i literally look at that and i'm like yep yeah, this is the uh <laughs> the worst of the young adult uh fiction movies <laughs> here's a four pack for you of the worst four of the gods worst. of the worst exactly but terrible but anyways. continuing our one piece now yeah that will we'll, i think we'll do a deep dive discussion into more book adaptations yeah instead of we talk a lot about anime adaptations mm-hmm. whether that be manga to anime anime slash manga to live action so i think we, maybe we give some of them matt has a lot more expertise expertise in but we can do maybe matt and i will do some research we'll watch watch some movies yeah read some books Exactly, and there's and, also the reverse too. We've seen because uh, a lot of the books I read too are reverse sometimes, that's or fair. a different adaptation get, get book, too. Gets created into yeah books. novelization because a really good novelization of a movie I read as bad as the movie was. Any the Star novelization. Wars, any Star Wars book. Honestly. Star Wars is really good because the Last Jedi, as a lot of people weren't the biggest seen it, fan of that movie, one of the opening chapters is about Luke living on the planet with his wife. Yeah, it's giving you more. Yeah, it just gives you a little bit. I mean, the whole big thing that you know this from years ago is my biggest pet peeve with Force Awakens is how does Poe get off Jakku? Oh, yeah. The running gag for years with me. And if you read the novelization, you find out that he gets off Jakku. You either watch, you either do that, or if you want to know another way to find out, you play the Lego Star Wars Force Awakens because there's a whole thing around Poe getting off Jakku. But anyways. Back on our one piece Yeah, back back off to the... So as of recording this, Spoilers alert, if you're uh, not as <laughs> chapter like a thousand of One Piece. Yep. And uh, episode a thousand. But we are building up to what a lot of people are trying to hype up is like the biggest anime moment ever. Which, yeah, in my opinion, as a massive, I feel like you can back me up here. I'm a massive One Piece fan. What? I love One Piece. No. But there's no way this is going to be no. one of the biggest moments in anime because you have to be a thousand and whatever exactly. episodes into the anime. No one's just going to skip all those chapters, all those I've episodes. I've seen all the memes of people being like, oh, you only have 18 days. It only takes 18 days to catch up to One Piece and you could be there. <laughs> but I can't say too much. I read like three quarters of One Piece in three yeah, weeks, but, but that's also you reading. You also versus- crushed out a lot of it when you were watching too. Yeah, exactly. And- 
anyway, so it's the Gear 5, which mm-hmm. we've apparently gone past, like, who even cares about spoilers? Like, they've already revealed what he looks like. I've, to be fair, there's the manga statue, fans and there's manga merch. things have already shown it. Exactly. There's statues, like you said. And he's just in the trailer. Like, they, they just aren't even hiding it. Yeah. I don't think it's going to break the internet. I think it could be big. Yeah, oh, it's going to be big. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think it's going to be break the internet big because there's just not as many people caught up to an 1,000 episode show as exactly. there would be someone watching episode 19 of Demon Slayer. Exactly. Which equally is hyped in a was way. Hype. No, not, not equally because no one knew Demon Slayer was good. That's true. Episode 19 is what changed Demon Slayer's life. Because I, I can't argue with that because I don't want to sound elitist right. here or anything. But I remember watching Demon Slayer when it first started airing with my friend Evan. We were watching it together. And we were also ha- uh, wasn't watching it with Gray, but Gray was also watching it and we, we discussed with him. And we were like, this show's pretty cool. I really like the art style. It's really different. The opening's a banger. You know, the classic stuff of being yeah. like, this is this could be 100%. this could be a show of the season. Like what is like a sleeper show? No, I didn't not expect it to be this good kind of thing. I remember the thing that got me hyped for Demon Slayer was I saw it was by Ufotable. And I just came off watching uh Dororo, yep. which is a samurai esque show with demons. And I was like, Oh and part of part of me was like, Oh, another demon samurai. Oh, of course, <laughs> another watching. one. But the art style was very unique. The whole different stylistic choice with the effects of the breathing was cool. And so gave it a try. Was enjoying it for sure. Mm-hmm. And then episode 19 happened and obviously it was insane. And I remember that was like everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked a level <laughs> of like. It's so true. Though. All of a sudden, everyone, everyone was like, you got to watch this show. You got to watch this show. And it just exploded into not just people that watched anime it exploded into the mainstream which made it a little annoying when you start seeing creators like ninja like at the time who was massive saying this is the greatest anime ever made and it was like okay let's yeah that's a bold statement let's calm down it was a fantastic episode but best anime ever made okay like the the amount of casual delusional takes just exploded from yeah. people that probably haven't even seen that many anime. Yep. Is it the best anime you ever seen? Probably if you're yep. saying that, but it was just insane to see. I've never been on like that wave of, Oh, the show is decent. Might mm-hmm. be a sleeper show. And then it has this episode. And it just explodes. I don't think I'm ever going to see something as no. crazy as that ever again. Cause that, that didn't just peak the anime. It also peaked manga sales like that. Oh, it did. It's exact. It did changed. what the, the job of any anime is, exactly. which is to sell the manga. Yeah. hundred percent. And it did it more than overnight. Almost. Oh, more than Ufotable or jump. Like anyone could have ever imagined for sales of that series. And obviously the sales just, we were, the book was like 15 volumes, 16 volumes in. Yeah. And people were buying volume one to 16 that this is how not popular the manga was it was like a mid-tier in shonen jump it wasn't breaking those it was like middle nice little middle it was like in a safe spot where people were definitely reading and enjoying it but it wasn't explode it wasn't destroying one piece it wasn't destroying those higher up um like haiku and stuff that were still going on it wasn't crushing those but then all of a sudden episode 19 airs 
broke. People start watching the show more till, till the end of uh, till 24. And then manga people are just buying volumes 1 to 16. You know, because that's how much was out. Usually, when One Piece has the most sales in a year, the thing that makes it impressive is that they're only releasing like three or four volumes. If that. Right? In this case, people were buying 15 volumes and it's multiple people, thousands, hundreds of thousands of people yep. buying 15 volumes at a time because that's how much is out. So the numbers are just 15 x right? In it's terms of normal numbers. And it's, I don't know if we'll ever see something as crazy as that. That is we just, won't. the numbers were ridiculous. And the craziest part is, the manga still ended in in a fashion in which the author kind of wanted it to go. Yeah, which is weird, but I know what you mean. It's just the sales came so much later in the, in the cycle of the story, which usually when something of that would pop off, maybe they're not close to the end and they're like, oh, I'm going to keep going. I have more ideas or more I want to share about the world. Yes, some would say, and I agree, that the ending was felt did feel a little rushed and we know that there was a situation going on with the author yeah. But at that point in which how popular the show is, I feel like she could have easily taken a break and come back and with how well it, it was doing. I don't think the people higher up at Jump would care. They'd be like, no. oh, well, you come back when you need to. And but I think when you're when you're an author like that and you're riding the hype train, you're like, oh, I got to it. Like, I feel like there's like a It was nice that she didn't feel pressure. that pressure. Yeah. That she she still ended the way she wanted to. Exactly. In, in her own way. not Maybe not to a T the way she wanted to because maybe some parts were rushed. But... It didn't affect the pacing she was doing because of the sales. Agreed. But that's just an example of how the point of anime is to sell something. Yeah. Plain right? and simple. And I even forgot what point we were trying to make, but we were talking about the One Piece hype, right? And yeah. I just don't think One Piece is going to, this episode will hit that level of hype. No, I don't think the hype will be there because of how much is going Transformation also in. nowhere near as iconic as Dragon Ball. People can say that they want it to be and that maybe it is to them. Mm. But Dragon Ball is probably one of, if not the most iconic transformations yep. in shonen manga. Definitely. So that's, I'm not a big Dragon Ball fan either personally. But you know. But the first Super Saiyan transformation is insane. There's a reason it keeps happening in, in, its, in, in its own series. Yeah. And there's different forms of it because people love it. They, they, they eat go it crazy up. for it. They eat that shit up. Yep. But, yeah, so, I, I mean, I'll be watching the episode. I'm sure Matt will be watching the episode. We'll see how the adaptation does. One thing that they thankfully didn't really spoil yet is the drum the drums mm -hmm. that we're supposed to, you're supposed to hear, you yep. know, the, the thumps that you get in the manga when reading. We'll see how that's done for the OST. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed that it's done well. I would love to also see, it didn't really look like it, but I would love to see like a different art style, animation style, like almost akin to the Tom and Jerry-esque theme that Oda was going for with the transformation. Yeah. I would love to see that. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. We'll find out, so stay tuned. We'll definitely be chatting we'll, about that. We'll definitely be chatting about it in a future episode. Yeah, maybe we'll a few wee episodes maybe away, we find a One Piece fan to bring on to talk about it. Exactly. We got a few people in the Discord. We know, we know a few people. Know a couple peeps. So if you, you know? want to you know, maybe you want to discuss One Piece, maybe come on. Just let us know in the Discord below. But that won't be for... A couple weeks. For us, it's not that far. It's like a week. No, but, but in podcast we, form. In podcast terms... It's going to be a couple weeks. It's going to be a couple weeks. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, maybe... I would say... 
if things go well, a week after this. If things go less well, probably two, two three weeks yeah. after this. <laughs> we will talk about is what we're getting at, yeah, though. Yeah. In order, this will come out first. Yeah, yes, of course. For of sure. Because course, of course. there's also a couple of movies that are coming out soon that we're oh, going to have to yeah, go see. Oh, yeah, movies, do. yeah. There's also the episode talking about Secret Invasion. Yeah, we got so the... Yeah, there's, a there's, lot. A lot, there's a lot in the pipeline. Exactly. So I think we should end it off with a question that is oh. kind of in relation to what we talked about. Oh. Not necessarily One Piece, oh, I think but I adaptations. Is. And that is... The Eddie question? Yes. Eddie ah. Bats, E Bats, who we've had on the podcast twice, technically, if you count our anniversary episode. Yep. And who is back streaming and posting content. So Heck check yeah, it out. Yeah, he is E Bats. But he asks, which Harry Potter movie slash book is the best and why is it Goblet of Fire? So I'm going to check this off to say that we have officially answered this question, which, if you didn't know, you can ask us questions on the Discord. So feel free to join our Discord and ask questions in the podcast question corner where we make sure to check it off so you know that the question has been answered. Heck yeah. And although I agree that the best book is Goblet of Fire. It is I not will, the best movie. Yes, I was just supposed to say, it's not the best movie. They take out a lot. They do. I mean, Dobby is a big part. Not a big part in Goblet of Fire, but he... No, House Elves. Yeah, House Elves, uh, that's a whole thing. Goblet of Fire onward is a big yes. part. They take out a whole storyline kind of a, a like backseat storyline if you will but, but is also kind removed. of important i wanted to see the hogwarts kitchen i i feel like we yes. talked about this on the podcast during the harry potter episode we yeah. kind of did but i i wanted to see the kitchen exactly it didn't even need to have house elves they could have been empty oh i just want to know you know i just want to see the cool kitchen but i think goblet of fire is my favorite book yep it's a little on the longer side which is hilarious because the next book is my least favorite same we just order not even question you asked but that it's order of the actually honestly it might be my least favorite movie and least favorite book. i agree both is the correct answer but the worst order my the favorite book is god of fire i love dragons yep it's got a dragon on the cover Hungarian the og Hong cover the og cover has a dragon on it heck yeah it does i love dragons and it's uh i don't know i just really enjoy it. i enjoy some of the character development in that book as well with harry ron it isn't just oh we're friends everything's mm. good and you know, hunky dory. They, friends have fights. Friends have issues. Yeah, they, their friendship is very much tested They're, in this. Yeah, story. exactly. And I kind of like that. I like mm -hmm. that it isn't just let's all do what Harry wants. Let's everything's no. Ron's like, bro. What if we didn't do what Harry wants? What if I just live my own life? Which is nice. Some like nice. It's a fair point. Changes yeah. in the in the story. And my favorite movie is uh, the Prisoner of Azkaban. Oh, interesting. Okay. I just think it's really well done. Mm -hmm. For to be fair, it's not a big book, so no. To make a two-hour-plus movie... Not hard. Yeah, it feels like you should probably hit all the hmm. key facts. And note, there's ton... I'm not going to get into the whole issues with the time travel. Time turner and, stuff, yeah. Yeah, and you know some of the massive, massive holes. Yep. And But as a kid who read the book, watched the movie, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a pretty well-done adaptation. And uh, I really like Sirius Black. Great character. Gary Oldman did really well, I think. Uh, Commissioner Gordon from the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah, I, I really like it. Okay, okay. That's fair. Uh, I'm the same when it comes to the book. Goblet of Fire, hands down best book. Um, favorite movie, though, for me is Chamber of Secrets. Chamber of Secrets. I I don't know what it is about that film. I think it's mostly nostal nostalgia for me. Nostalgic? Like I can quote... Like Of the first four films, I can quote a lot of random things. But Chamber of Secrets, I think, because of how... I don't want to say more brightened the philosopher's stone sorcerer's stone depending where you're from um is in the movie where there's like it's mostly light like chamber of secrets like starts off kind of 
Yeah, I see where you're coming from. One is you can tell it's like more for kids. Yeah. The longer the Harry Potter series goes on, it definitely gets more darker. But that was a definitely show a tone shift. Yeah, like there was a huge tone shift. Yeah, because you're like, oh, cool, he's. It's really scary the whole petrifying. Yeah, I remember being obviously when this came out. I was you. You were young. I was young. I think I saw it with like a school trip, Mm -hmm. but I was like, I don't know. Pretty young, like pretty yeah. young, and the I whole Basilisk too. Like the yeah, special scary. effects for that era. I was scared. It was. I was scared good. of that movie because there was. It was yeah. like you said. It was a little on the darker tone. Yeah. The whole petrifying thing yeah. kind of creeps you out as a kid, especially and just seeing them. The cat. Exactly. I remember thinking the cat was just dead. Because I don't think I started Norris? reading the books. This is in, Norris. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I started reading the books until roughly around book three. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Where I read one to three, mm-hmm. mostly because you started watching Harry Potter. Yeah. Right? The hype builds, you know. Well, and you, s- your reading comprehension goes up as well. Yeah. Which helps. True. Yeah. But that's roughly where three, yeah. three and four is where I started reading the books more. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And going through them. Yeah. Not necessarily all. I wasn't one of the people who like read it on release. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it'd be more like, oh, I'm going to read it before the movie comes out. Yeah, which is fair. That's a lot of people nowadays when it comes to like book adaptations. Um, yeah, Chamber of Secrets, I think just, yeah, like the Basilisk looked freaking dope. Oh, yeah. A little spooky. I mean, like the screaming book. A lot of effects in, like, still the... hold up really well. Honestly, yeah. Pretty good. I mean, the acting of Ginny, not the best per se, but it also kind of worked with her character mm, a little bit. Right. Awkward. Um, and it just has one of my, like, the one of the most cringy lines in um, Harry Potter, in my opinion, when it comes to the movies, is just Arthur Weasley going like, I can't remember exactly how it goes, but like, what is the actual function of a rubber duck over <laughs> yeah. breakfast? They're all just like oh, talking. Yeah, yeah. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the whole like flu powder. And then there's like, oh, the, there's a lot going on in the movie too. The flying car, flying car, the weird scene when he goes in like, I can't remember what it's called, the, fly, the, the letter that yells at you. Yeah. The howler, the howler. That's funny. How dare you? The actress for, for Ron's mom is fantastic. Beautiful. Best. Like, I don't one think of her, she could like, oh. that, like, that role was made for her. She did so great. The best, the line in uh, Deadly Hollows Part both Two. The kind, like she looks like this very kind yeah. lady, and she is a kind lady yeah. to Harry, to Harry. And then, like, whenever she's mad at her kids, beautiful popping off, and you're like, yeah. "That's a scary lady." <laughs> well, it's even like the line in Deathly Hollows Part Two when she takes down Bellatrix. It's the "Not my daughter, you bitch." It's just like such an insane line that Molly Weasley says was just very unexpected. But honestly, like. I think it was interesting because in the first movie you get introduced to like the world the were the wizarding world of Harry, right? And that whole thing. And then like number two with Chamber of Secrets, you get a lot more of like this is how some of the people live that are inside the the wizarding world and everything like that. And not everything's gonna be all nice hunky dory and stuff, you know? And you get introduced to Dobby as well. Which like Dobby's a great character. Like you really get Chamber of Secrets, you really get put into it. Like you said, flying car. Dobby. You really get, yeah, in the yeah. universe. You get to see more of the magic and stuff, too. It's good. And you get a little, couple more good uh, Quidditch. Quidditch as well. Quidditch, yep. Um, yeah, definitely, yeah. For me, Chamber of Secrets and then Goblet of Fire for the book. Okay, yeah. And for me, it's uh, Goblet of Fire for the book and then it's Prisoner of Azkaban for the movie. Thanks for the question, Eddie. Thanks, man. And if you like what we said, if you guys want to ask us questions, feel free to join our Discord. Also, subscribe to us on YouTube and join all our social media. The link tree will be in the description below. Other than that, have a happy Wednesday or whenever you're listening to this, and we'll see you next week. Bye. TNMP. The
Nerdy Misfit Podcast. Don't forget to join the island by dropping a follow. Thank you. Thank and you. And see you next week. Thank you.